Here I am back on Anchor. Um, Podcasting by phone has been a really good and healthy outlet for me. I've really been missing it since um, I stopped using bumpers as it got shut down. And I tried on Anchor before and it was just for some reason not the same at first. But the outlet is really valuable to me so I'm trying again. Anyway, just a few quick thoughts to get started again on Anchor. Today's theme, what I've been thinking about recently is the phenomenon where people have very subjective views of each other. And I'm thinking specifically not even just about how a stranger might view you versus people you know well in your life, but even just differences in how different people you know well see you. What sparked this train of thought today was I just had a random thought pop in my head that um, I hadn't gotten any kind of contact in a really long time from my high school guy friends. And this is actually a good thing. I don't have the best view of those friendships after all these years, and I'm kind of glad to not really be close with those guys anymore. I don't really want to hear from them. But I just suddenly had the thought, well, what if one of these guys were to send me an email or leave me a voicemail tonight or tomorrow? And I thought about how my response to that would be non-existent. I wouldn't say anything back. And I got to thinking, you know, trying to put myself in their head, how they would feel if they were to reach out to me and not hear back long enough that they would start to see the writing on the wall that I was not responding perhaps intentionally. And they might have a thought like, oh, Nathan, he's really um, disengaged from us. He's, you know, buried himself deep down in this hole. He's a hermit. He's a recluse. He pushes away whatever the judgment might be or whatever the thought in their heads, whatever the perception might be. And it suddenly occurred to me that, you know, not only is it very possible and probable that they might have thoughts like that about me, but that there are other friends in my life that I am more regularly in contact with right now who have probably never had that kind of feeling about me because with those friends, I always respond when people reach out to me and honestly, in most cases, respond immediately. (laughs) So I just started thinking about how fascinating it is that even from one friendship to another with people that you know in your life, people from your past and your present, that some people can have a perception of you that is so completely different from not only the way you see yourself and feel in your own skin, but even completely different from the way that other people you know see you. Someone could actually have a thought about me like, I'm aloof and uh, I don't reach out and and respond to people when they reach out to me i i ghost or um stay disengaged or keep my distance whereas there are other friends like my friend chate on whatsapp where if he were to send me a message i literally write back immediately every time as soon as i see it so he's never really had the experience of me being someone who leaves him hanging who you know doesn't reach out back when they reach out to me. That's just so interesting to me that people can have those different perceptions of you and it, you know, it 
it can be carried over to a lot of different areas like if people have a really negative perception of you or if people say things about you that you think aren't true and or that you you know know for a fact in your life experience aren't true and you have people surrounding you in your life who validate your perception of reality and validate what you feel and know as the truth so that you don't have to think you're crazy and you don't have to think you're alone in it so you do have the comfort of knowing that there are people who see you the more the way that's more like how you see yourself but it doesn't change the fact that there are people out there who have this completely different view of you and to me it's always been one of the things that's the most maddening you know in the specific instance that made me think of this today that sort of sparked this train of thought this idea of one of my old high school guy friends reaching out you know that's an instance where because i care so little about those people and because i it's not that i like actively feel wronged by any of those people but i just have negative perceptions of my friendships with them over time and i really don't like a lot of the experiences that i've had with them in recent years so i don't have a very high opinion of them as people or high opinion of our friendships what they once were so for those people to have that kind of totally different view of me that other people in my life don't have that wouldn't really keep me up at night it was just the spark of an interesting train of thought but obviously there are other ways in my life and i've talked about them on podcasting apps and on social media before but there are parts of my life where people have certain negative perceptions of me that are really extreme and really different from the ways that everybody else in my life see me and from how i see myself and those differences in subjective you know perception of others can be really maddening for me um you know they're a really strong fuel of my anxiety and my just overall sort of existential longing to escape from this place from the experience of being a person because it just strikes me as so unfair that people can see you in a way that is so different from how you feel inside and so different from how you see yourself and again so different from how other people in your environment and in your life are able to corroborate the way that you see and feel about yourself they see you the same way that you see yourself and you know to have that corroboration from the nice people in your life some would say the only people in your life that matter are those nice people and it's not that i disagree with that i think it's just that i i can become so maddened by the other people that aren't the ones that quote unquote matter in my life that it's not really a good enough band-aid for it to have the people in your life who do validate how you see yourself and feel about yourself it still continues to linger and to be maddening and hurtful and anxiety producing to know that there are people who have a perception of me in the world that is so drastically different from how i see myself and from how the people who love me see me it's that is the thing that keeps me up at night and it's the thing that makes me want to escape and you know really the the main fuel for all of the suicidal feelings and thoughts that i can have in my life at this point
Um, you know, I I wanted to get back on Anchor for the outlet because I've been in the middle of the lowest point of my life mental health-wise, um, way worse than 2016, even though I really didn't want to admit that even as recently as a month ago. Um, started in about the middle of January, and you could chalk it up to winter and seasonal affective disorder and a very harsh, snowy, and cold season in Ohio, where I am right now. You could just chalk it up to that, but it's it's stuff that's been, you know, part of the context of my life even before then for a long time now. Um, but it really feels like it's coming to a head, and I'm sort of having this experience of continually feeling like I'm hitting rock bottom and then finding out there's more bottom after that. I know some of you can probably relate to that feeling. I've heard other people describe that kind of experience before. Uh, but it's it's been really disheartening and, and scary. And uh, I'm most scared of all, I think, about my loss for words about it most of the time. I feel like I'm running out of conversations or arguments to have with my close family and friends, the people that care about me. I feel like people are out of advice and out of um, worthwhile support for me because I've been struggling with these things for so long and it's not as easy as just being able to fix it with meds or being able to fix it with changes in behavior it's it's a lot of stuff about the realities of my life and where I've ended up at this point at age 36 where I've ended up with my creative pursuits the ways that I've tried to become successful and to be able to survive and self-sustain on the art that I make the failures of that to measure up to how I envisioned it would be for myself by this point in my life all of that stuff is really coming to a head right now and and all of those sort of long brewing life circumstances and things that I have to face, all of that stuff combined with the continued anxiety and tremendous, just awful, haunting discouragement and hurt and pain of knowing that people see me in this extremely negative way and that they, you know, won't apologize for how they've hurt me and that they don't even see themselves as having done anything wrong to me in the first place, that they see me as an evildoer and as one who has hurt people. All of these things coming to a head have made for um, really the lowest point I've ever lived in in my life. A point where I truly, day to day, um, spend a lot of time longing for, you know, it all to be over. And um, I really, really don't, you know, feel great odds for myself right now for hanging on very much longer. So, um, you know, I thought of Anchor today. I I had already deleted most of my social media in mid-November. I still had Instagram and went back to it out of the need for some sort of outlet and validation and, you know, the place to express myself and share my thoughts and pain and stuff. Um, I started going back to it when, when this low point really started to snowball in, in mid-January. And then finally, um, just felt that so much about the account had been kind of compromised and was just really hurting my mental health more than helping it. 
Um, you know, it's it seems petty and trivial and silly to care about, but I just truly couldn't watch my... I'm embarrassed to even say these words, but, you know, I want to be honest and really forthright about what affects my mental health, even if it's stuff that sounds like it's not important or that it's vain to care about. But I couldn't keep watching my popularity slip more and more and more on my Instagram account where I had, you know, all these followers and a lot of my followers were bots from these couple times that I paid for followers. I promise it wasn't expensive and I didn't pay too much. I didn't waste too much money on this. But I paid for followers a few times, these bot fake followers on this one site just to blow up my number basically in a moment of extreme jealousy directed at my ex I basically just wanted to show that I would have more followers than her just in the hopes that it would piss her off and so I like bought all these fake followers and I knew that it you know because they're not real people they wouldn't engage so I knew that it would still look phony and I you know took it with a grain of salt and with a sense of humor because I was laughing the whole time I was doing it because it's ridiculous but you know you can't have 10,000 followers and still only get a hundred likes on a photo and expect people to think that's legit I mean it kind of gives itself away as being fake right away when you really look at someone's account with you know that frame of reference but um you know, that wasn't the biggest issue. That was part of it because they say that Instagram sniffs that stuff out and not only do they delete the fake followers, but they sometimes enforce shadow bans on people. They limit the amount of people that see your posts when you share them because you've, you know, committed the crime, the fraud of buying fake followers. So I think that was at play. I think I was experiencing some shadow banning type stuff and I you know, was algorithmed out of, you know, people's feeds sometimes. But honestly, the biggest part of it that I was feeling was something that I don't think had anything to do with the algorithm or with being shadow banned. I think it truly just was sort of a petri dish, a microcosm of the greater problems of my life, of, you know, being a person who is struggling with so much and has been struggling with so much for so long, but because people are human and flawed and limited in their capacity to help each other, it's exhausting to other people. And you you eventually start to take on this tone in your personality. Even if you don't see yourself this way or feel this way, even 1% of you. But you begin to take on this tone of being a difficult person. I think that's the best word, the best phrase for it, a difficult person. You know, I recently recently watched um, the movie Can You Ever Forgive Me? And in that movie, Melissa McCarthy gives a, an amazing performance as Lee Israel, who, as the movie, you know, you know, sort of uh, displays her as, and I guess, you know, it's apparently pretty accurate to real life. But again, this is all just about perception and how she was seen and written about more than it is about probably her own feelings about herself her own inner truth of being of who she was but she is you know a character that 
you very quickly come to feel is a difficult person. That's what you perceive her as as the viewer, and that's what the people in her life, the other characters in the movie, are clearly perceiving her as, a difficult person. And I know that I've reached that point with a lot of people of being this difficult person who has difficult views and who complains all the time and who self-pities and who um, isn't able to look on the bright side or isn't able to make changes and, you know, initiate substantive growth emotionally and mentally and professionally in their life and in their responsibilities as as an adult in a capitalist world. Um, I feel all that stuff. And I feel those perceptions from people really deeply like fucking knives in me. And I feel it from the people closest with me, my mom and my sister, all the time. And they carry sort of the, you know, the side-eye glances of my extended family and of the people close to them, their friends and people that, you know, sort of see me from the periphery and don't see anything but this difficult person, this lazy person, this person who won't play ball with society and all those things. And I began to feel more and more as I had made this sort of final return to my Instagram account, my Sweater Weather Forever account, that there was a sort of microcosm of all that stuff in the rest of my life on display on Instagram. And I suddenly was in this situation more and more and more. And it's really been happening over the past few years where, you know, I've been going from being a hundred like a hundred likes per photo kid to being a 60 likes per photo kid to being a 30 likes per photo kid. And even though I had 10.3 thousand followers on Instagram before I deleted my account, as I said, most of those were fake bots. But of the ones that were real, there were almost a thousand, I would say, before I ever paid for those fake follows. There were almost a thousand people following me who were legitimately people that I know in my life, that I've met, that I've talked to, at the very least online, if not in person, but a lot of them met in person and have known in person for years. And when you look at the circumstance of being someone who has almost a thousand people from your life following you on a social media platform, and you can post something that gets 17 likes in two hours, when other people, you know, who are followed by 300 people they know in their lives can post something and it gets 80 likes or 100 likes in one hour. You know, clearly something is wrong. Something is happening that's different for you than it is for some of these other people. And comparison is the thief of joy and blah, blah, blah. I know all this and you can't just look at one person's social media stuff and compare it to yours and beat yourself up for why your stuff doesn't look like their stuff. I know all this. But there were a lot of things at work here that were doing nothing but fueling how I was already feeling about people's perception of me and my life overall and how I was already feeling about the circumstances and all the, you know, broken, bruised dreams of my life 
in terms of where I've ended up now at age 36 compared to where I thought I would be at this point in my life. There's just so much that I'm struggling to come to terms with. And I'm able to put some blame on myself and look at things like, well, it was my choice to buy fake follows. And so the part of that that has to do with the algorithm and shadow banning, that's my fault. I mean, it's Instagram's fault for being an asshole about it, but it's my fault because I'm the one who made the decision to buy those fake follows. And so that's on me, but I'm not going to look at the way that people see me and just entirely place the blame on me that I'm a person who's done nothing but push people away and hurt people. Because again, as I was speaking about in the very beginning of this sort of rambling episode, people's subjective perception of each other can be so, so incredibly different from how people see themselves and feel about themselves. And again, often how we see and feel about ourselves is corroborated and validated by the people in our lives that are the more gentler presences, the ones who do see us similar to how we see ourselves. So the perceptions that are very subjective and that are very different from how we see ourselves, you know, I can only place so much of the blame on myself for things like that. I am not really willing to punish myself for talking a lot about my pain and my experiences with the negative things that have happened to me in recent years in my life. I'm never going to be a person who criticizes another person for having a lot of self-pity. I just don't see how you can look at the experience of being alive in a human body on planet Earth and not find a lot of things to pity yourself for not find a lot of things to feel are unfair and and really fucked up about the ways that life is. And I've been saying that for a long, long time now. And it's just one of the many things that has created in my environment of my life this identity, you know, in other people's eyes that I am a difficult person. And at this point... As I said, things are so low and seemingly so hopeless that I truly don't know what to do anymore. Uh, I don't even know that going to Southern California solves it because at the moment I look at saying, you know, my farewells to my family before getting on the plane and I feel like there's no way that I'm going to be able to do that and have it feel like a see you later. It's only gonna feel like a goodbye because I don't see myself having that much time left with how I'm feeling. Um, sometimes when I've been in moments that are almost this hopeless, again, I've, I wanna make clear I've never felt this hopeless before, but in times that I've come close to maybe almost the surface level of this kind of hopelessness. I've sometimes said things like, I need a miracle. And I, I do need one, but I've said that enough times and felt like no miracles showed that I'm leery about even putting it out there again. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next.
I really don't know anymore.